right, episode 24, Fake Spike Podcast. We're getting up there, man. What's going on, Vort? Not much, not much. Eventually, we're going to stop counting, just going to start giving dates and moving along. But I'm excited for another one. I can't wait to hear your prediction of a Jets win this week. I learned my lesson last week. That will not be happening this week. Not at all. Uh, it's a formality, but we got to put in our scores nonetheless. I think neither one of us uh, is going to go for a Jets win. But before we jump into breaking down the game, I have to get a quick hit. And I want to get your thoughts on Adam Gase shocking the world, shocking the Jets nation in the press conference and saying that he has let the ownership down. I did not see that coming. I thought that he's ha- he had the team exactly where the ownership expected them to be. I mean, at 0 and 13, 0-12, 0-13, 0-16, whatever the hell they are now. Um, what was the point of him saying it? Like, what was your take on this whole press conference and this whole statement? Just just your thoughts as a fan when you heard the, this whole fiasco going down. My initial thought was I wanted to see everything that surrounded him saying that because I don't believe he takes blame. So my first thought was to look for things that he said, but this, but that. But it doesn't appear he did. It does seem like a genuine kind of lament that he wasn't able to do stuff for Chris Johnson. I mean, the one article I read said that they speak after every game and, you know, they they talk about stuff. And and maybe he, he is just genuinely upset that he wasn't able to get the job done for Johnson. Now, I didn't hear him say, I fucked up and I was terrible and I sucked. He just said I wasn't able to, I, I feel like I let the owner down. So I, I still have my doubts that he's actually taking blame as opposed to just telling the truth that he can't get around. But um, I, I don't understand why he would actually say that either. You know, at this point, it's like, oh, I let him down. It's like, okay, please fire me. I I know it's coming. Just get it over with. That's what it sounds like. And that you just said at this point, that's the part of the phrase that also was just like, what is the point of this happening at this point? Either say it after you were fired. Yes, I understand. I let the owner down. He's good. He's that. Or say it when you're 0 and 6, 0 and 7, 0 and 8. Uh, like, what is now it's it's almost like now you ran out of excuses you fired the defensive coordinator you had the worst game of the season so you're almost it's it's a that it's almost like sometimes when you talk about a bar fight when you're on the floor you're being pummeled you're being kicked you're just laying there covering yourself so you don't get knocked out silly and you're kind of saying i think i lost this fight so i think that was him he was just beaten down and he knew that there was no other there was nowhere to turn except to just say, yeah, oh, okay, we didn't do what we were supposed to do. My dad taught me that you you don't show that kind of weakness. You know what I mean? You're always honest. You will always accept responsibility. But to get out there and say, uh, you know, I let everybody down. I, I didn't do my job. That's something, as you said, you hit it right on the head. And I, I was going to make that point. That is something you say after it's all over. You don't say it in the middle of the season like this, or not the middle, but during the season like this. So even game three, game five, game 10, whatever, if you're still there, it's your job to rally around the troops. Now, I don't have any problem with Alan, with Adam Gase whenever he says we need to get better. My problem with him is it's always, we're just going to look at tape. But to sit there and say, I feel like I let the owner down at this point, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I guess I respect his honesty, but I just don't see how in a diplomatic sense or in a, in a corporate sense or whatever whatever sense you want to put it for a guy who's a public figure in charge of, you know in charge of a, of, a, of a huge organization like that 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 is a, not a good look just just my opinion I agree with you I personally felt zero emotion usually when something like that happens you want to feel whether it's a little bit pity a little bit of support whatever that may be whether it's anger I literally felt zero emotion because if it happened like I said earlier week seven week six uh, whatever that may be and not on the season but to say hey 
I feel like I'm letting the ownership down. Uh, we didn't perform this week. We had to do better. But when you are basically the kicking bag, the uh, you sorry, the punching bag, the laughing stock of the league, you fired everybody you could. You've blamed everybody you could, and now there's absolutely nowhere to go. You're just saying, yeah, I let the owner down. I, I feel nothing. It's just like, I don't care. Just get out of town, pack your bags. I'm ready to move on. I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear your proclamations that it's your fault. I know it. I've known it a lot longer than apparently he did. And I'm just ready to move on. Maybe someone got to Adam Gase and said, hey, listen, from a public relations standpoint, you got to stop blaming everybody else. At some point, you have to take some some blame and some you know, some accountability for yourself. And maybe that's his way of doing it. Who knows? You know, you're absolutely right. You made a, a fantastic point that um, he, he is like the little boy who cried wolf. He has, he has pissed us off so many times. He has made us angry. He has made us cry. He has made us do all of these things, all these different emotions, because he, you know, between the losing and the, and the incompetence and blaming everybody else, all of those things that at this point you just can't feel for the guy. I mean, I, it's almost like I just laughed it off. And I, I, I wouldn't say I just looked at the headline and moved on, but, but I certainly wasn't angry. I wasn't like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I just said, <laughs> here we go again. You know, it's just the same thing over and over in one way or another. Adam Gase just does not have a clue how to handle himself in a public setting. He really doesn't. Agreed. And with that, I'd love to jump in into the massacre that's awaiting us this week, or at least the, what I expect to be a massacre. We're traveling to the West Coast, and we got the the Rams. They're traveling to the West Coast again. It's the third time in like five weeks. You know, they went to the Chargers a few weeks ago, and now, now then Seattle, and then we got to go back to the West Coast this week. Uh, you know, it's like the competition's getting even harder as they go because, you know, Seattle, as great a team as they are, I think the Rams are probably more well-rounded. They have a great defense. I mean, Aaron Donald is a monster. Jalen Ramsey uh, as a corner. I mean, who's who's Donald going to throw to? Even if he has time, who's he throwing it to? It, you know, it's you know, Ramsey's just going to be on whoever they deem to be the Jets' best receiver, and then everybody else is going to just who they are. And, and that is assuming Donald's not on his back the whole time because, I mean, Aaron Donald's a freaking monster. That guy... He might be the best defensive player in the league. Do you disagree with that? It's certainly in the conversation. And if he's not the best defensive player in the league, then he's arguably the best defensive lineman in the league. That just it's it's a he's one of the rare defensive linemen that will actually demand your attention as a fan. You actually want to watch him. It's very rare that you want to pay attention to the defensive line. He's one of those that screams, Hey, look at me, you're gonna see something amazing. He's just he's a beast, he's an animal, he's everything that a top producing top paid player should be and then some. Yeah. I mean, he's in the backfield all the time. I mean, he's, he's very, that's the thing is he's very disruptive and the jets clearly do not do well with when it's disruptive because Donald, can you imagine if Donald is running out of the pocket and panic when Miami's chasing him, what's going to happen with the Rams defensive line chasing after him? I mean, this is, this, this has the potential to be even uglier than last week. Not so much because the Rams are going to put up so many points, which they could, the Rams offensively are very touch and go. I mean, some, some weeks they look like world beaters. Other weeks they, they look like, you know, the Jets, but if the Rams are on, this could be the this could be worse than Seattle. If the Rams are not on offensively, then the Jets just lose, you know, twenty to three or something like that. I don't think the Jets put up anything. They might get that that odd field goal, and and I'm still waiting for that special teams or defensive touchdown. They really haven't gotten much of since I guess the Denver game. But I don't see the Jets doing anything offensively in this game. I don't think it's going to be a game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as bad as Seattle simply because. <sighs> 
the Rams are solid. I don't think they're spectacular as far as the superstar name recognition goes. Uh, I I love their wide receiver Cooper Cop. He's just uh, exciting to watch. I don't think Jared Goff is an all pro quarterback. Uh, I I attribute a lot of his success to their amazing coach McVay. This is almost like a um, meeting of the new school football mind against the dumb football mind. I'll let you figure out who is who. But every time I watch or read something about the Rams, I I'm just I'm jealous. I, there's no other way for me to put it because I remember the rookie season for uh, Goff. He did not look that spectacular. That's fine. Not a, not all rookie quarterbacks do. Not most of them are not supposed to look like world beaters. But the difference in that offense, the difference, the difference in the creativity of that team, and how the average guys suddenly look like uh, all pro guys when that coach arrived, with his creativity, with his energy, with his ingenuity, it made me jealous. That's what kind of made me think: Wow, when are the Jets gonna stop recycling these older names and go? F- just go for somebody who might create a splash, a little flair, a young guy, which seems to be the way that the creative NFL offenses are going. You're hiring these young guys. You no longer worry about them having 20 years of NFL assistant coaching experience. Some of them fall flat, but a lot of them don't. And uh, so while I don't see the Rams putting a beat down as bad as uh, Seattle did on the Jets, I, I also don't see this being a closed game. And all of it comes back to exactly what you said. From where are the Jets' points coming from? You might get a big play. At this point, if the Jets score a long touchdown, I'll say it's a fluke. Even if it's a good throw, good good route by the receiver, or maybe a running back breaks a long one. But it's going to be a fluke. It's not like if the, even if they go up 7 nothing, I'm not going to be texting you saying, Robbo, this is the week. I'm just going to text you, okay, instead of us predicting that they scored 6, they might score 10 this game. But they're still going to allow 30-plus easy this week. Even if the Rams are off, I can literally see this game being... On the best case scenario, let's say 14-10 at the half in favor of the Rams, and then the Rams outscore us something like 20-3 in the second half to still make it a laugher. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I've seen the Rams look really bad too many times. They were awful against the Giants. They were awful against the Niners a few weeks ago. So the Rams are definitely capable of setting that stinker game. So when we get to best case, worst case, I will factor that in. But like you, I don't see anything the Jets are going to do on offense, not just because their offense is bad, which it is, but the Rams defense with Aaron Donald there and, and a shutdown corner, you know, there there's a chance that that Donald is going to get sack fumble and 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 interception. You know, he's going to get intercepted three times and he, he might get, he might he might turn the ball over five times himself because that's, you know, when, when was the last time I mean there are not that many shutdown corners left in the league, you know? I mean the, the 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 all the penalties and all of the rules changes, everything goes in the offense's favor. So, you don't get that that real shutdown corner anymore. And I know Ramsey was one. I don't know if he's still one, but he's still pretty good. And, you know, I don't know if Donald's faced a guy like that, certainly has not faced a guy like that with 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 a pass rush like that. So if Donald somehow manages to, you know, I don't know, practice well and, and be ready and, and act suddenly out of nowhere, able to read defenses and not panic, then maybe the Jets do OK. And it's just like a typical game where they just can't get anything going because the guy's in his face all day. But. If Donald does what he's done the last few times when things didn't go well, this could be really ugly. So we'll, we'll have to see. I don't think the Jets even get that big play. I think Donald's going to be running for his life the whole time. And, you know, that, that 
we, we've been making fun of him for under 200 yards and all these turnovers and everything. He's going to do more of that this week. I just, I can't see them mustering any kind of real offense against a defense like that. I mean, they, they couldn't do it against Seattle and Seattle's defense is not good. Their secondary is terrible. They don't have a pass rush. The Rams have both. So this, you know, offensively for the Jets, this could be ugly. And just how ugly the game is, is going to depend on which Ram team shows up. Bingo. Uh, I'm with you here. This is, when you look at the Jets' offense, this is as bad as it gets for them As when you look at matchups. You have a defensive line in the Rams who can generate pressure on the quarterback without blitzing just because they're that good. And you have a cornerback who is still, if not the best, he's easily... If you're going to count guys who are better than Ramsey this year, you will not need more than uh, five fingers on on one of your hands. And even then, you will not use use up all those fingers. He's in the top three, top five if you want to stretch it. And arguably, some might put him as still the very best. So the line, uh, the line's going to put pressure on our QB and the defensive back that can take away our best weapon, whoever that may be on a given day. That's just a recipe for an ugly, ugly showing by the Jets' offense, and I expect nothing less. Same here. I, I same here. Now, I, I hate to plead ignorance. I'm not sure which side Donald plays on. But uh, it would be interesting if he plays on the right side of the defense so he would go against Becton, Becton on the left side of the Jets' offense. That would be a fantastic test for Becton in his first year because if he can, like, semi, I mean, nobody's going to shut Donald down, but if he can semi-shut Donald down and give Donald a little bit of time, then the Jets have a chance to to at least, I'm not going to say stay in the game in the sense of the score, but at least at least look like, you know, not look like it's it's a bunch of adults playing against children, which is what it could be. Because if, if Donald's on the other side, which if I'm the Rams, I stick Donald on the other side, you know, it, it could just be Donald, Donald, I'm going to mix these two guys up. It could be Donald running for his life the whole time, turning the ball over, throwing the ball into coverage. And, and who knows, it, it could be really, really bad. And, you know, if, if, if Becton is, uh, is on the side that Donald's on, it'll be interesting to see just how bad or just how much less bad it could be. I might be putting my foot in my mouth, but uh, if unless I miss something, I thought Darnold is an interior lineman. So this it's it's even worse. He's going to be coming in at uh, Darnold right down the middle, right in his face. So he's going to force Darnold to go on a run with his happy feet, which he already has. Uh, he does it when when he plays bad teams, like you said against Seattle. He drops back, looks at his primary, and then he starts running. Here, by the time he finishes his three or four step drop, he might already have he might have the best defensive interior defensive lineman already coming down on him full steam so he might be running for his life before he fully plants his feet after finishing his drop this is just this is a recipe for a really really ugly showing by the jets every way you slice it yeah donald is definitely an interior lineman but i don't know if the rams play a 4-3 or a 3-4 if, if i don't think he's a nose tackle so that means he's got to be it's got he's got to be on the inside of a four man line which if he's on the left side which would be the right side of the defense then he's then he's got a chance to go against either you know the guard or Beckton, but if he's on the if he's on the left side of the defense, then he's coming in on Don. At least at least he's coming in on. on no, he does. He's he's on the he's on the left side of the defense because every time he comes in, he's he's on the he's on the court the side the quarterback can actually see. He doesn't usually come behind, so he won't be against Beckton. So there okay. you go. That answers my question. Yeah. As far as the score goes, I'll go first. I'm gonna put the Rams at scoring four touchdowns and two field goals, so I'll put them at 34 points. And for the Jets. Uh, they cannot get any worse than last week. Let's say they'll manage to get in the range of a couple of field goals and they got a fresh kicker who will be able to convert. 
I'll be generous. I'll give them nine points this week, whether it's going to be a touchdown and a missed extra point and one field goal, or they'll manage to somehow sustain three drives and come out with three field goals somehow, some way. I'll say 34 to nine in another absolutely lifeless, ugly beatdown of the Jets. And that's your um, realistic. That's, that's your that's your prediction. So what is your what is your best case? Best case scenario is like you said, uh, it's nothing about the Jets' offense. It's the fact that the Rams' offense doesn't show up at their very best. Maybe Goff makes a couple of bad decisions, whatever that may be. I, man, this is this season has gotten so ugly that my best case scenario, I'm trying, I'm struggling to envision Jets losing by less than 17 points this week. But since we have to go best case scenario, let's say Goff with a couple of very untimely turnovers. The Jets do manage to score a touchdown and two field goals. That's 13. And we'll, uh, and the Rams will settle for 27. And uh, unlike Seattle, they're not going to be looking to really cut the uh, to really just demoralize and completely destroy the Jets. They'll slowly, gently take their foot off the gas, run the ball more in the second half. So 27-13, a humbling but not an embarrassing two-touchdown loss. Okay. What about your worst case? Uh, worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is the Jets' offense is uh, gonna get shut out because it's possible. It's absolutely possible. And uh, again, again, I don't envision the Rams putting up forty. But since we are talking worst case scenario, listen, let's just throw it out there: thirty-seven nothing. It's it's just gonna be ugly on any way you slice it. And even when the Rams are gonna be not taking the deep shots. Uh, and running the ball, they're still going to eat up chunks of yards, whether it's six, seven yards. They're not going to start going out of bounds and kneeling in the third quarter. So if the points are there to be had, they will take them. The worst case scenario is an absolute debacle, the worst loss of possibly my lifetime as a Jet, 37 nothing for the Rams. Well, I'm trying to remember the worst loss for the Jets. I know it was 45-3 to happened to them twice. So uh, I don't know if it's going to get that bad. But okay, so my realistic approach and my realistic is going to come pretty close to my worst case because my worst case is just going to incorporate a couple of more you know um you know a couple of uh, defensive touchdowns because donald's turning the ball over but my my realistic prediction what i think is going to happen is that the offense is going to do almost nothing if they get anything at all it'll be the usual field goal the offense is going to look terrible again the defense for the Rams is going to look good so i'm, I'm thinking donald i'm, I'm going to say the over under for donald is three turnovers minimum um, so from there, I just, I just have to look at whether or not I think the Rams offense shows up. So I'm going to go in the middle. I'll give my best case when the Rams offense doesn't show up my worst case when it does. So I'm going to go in the middle and say, it kind of shows up. It just plays a normal game. And I think the best case, uh, not best case. I think the realistic score here is going to be something like 30 to three, you know, 28 to three, 31 to three, something like that. And like you, I think there's a very good chance that the Jets get shut out. In fact, I think the over-under on the Jets has got to be like five. Then if they get two field goals, I'd be surprised. My best case scenario, best case is that the Jets, you know, Goff, as you said, can be inconsistent. The Jets, you know, they pick one over on it back. So I'll give them a, a defensive touchdown in the best case, and that might be it. But we'll give them another field goal since it's his best case. So let's say the Jets' best case is 10 to 13 points, and the Rams um, – Offense does not show up at all. It, it's it's like it was against the Giants or the or the 49ers a few weeks ago, where they looked terrible for a half, then turned it on and then lost anyway. Um, 
you know, then we're looking at 20 to 24 points. So the best case scenario, if everything goes right and the Jets get a defensive score, I think it's 20 to 10, 23 to 10, 20 to 13, 23, 13. I think it could be like that. I don't see the Rams as the dynamic offense that Seattle has or even the Chargers and, and you know, Miami at times, even though they, they you know, they, they're very inconsistent. But I, I see the best case is the Jets are something like 10 to 14 points. And that's the best case. Now, your worst case, Rams offense shows up. The defense has a huge day. We could be looking at, you know, 40 to nothing, 37 and nothing, 38 nothing. I'll go five touchdowns in a field goal. Let's call it 38 nothing in the worst case. Now, for me, the worst case is Darnold turns the ball over five times and gets pulled in the third quarter because he's just completely rattled and, you know, gets sacked five times, six times. Donald is in his face all day long. Ramsey is, is locking down Perriman and, and, you know, and, and, Donald's got nowhere to go. You get a defensive touchdown, maybe two. The Rams offense looks really good and, and slicing through the Jets like butter. And then you get 38 nothing, And then they're pulling guys in the in the fourth quarter like Seattle did. And, you know, the Jets don't score. That's my worst case. You're looking at something like 38, 41 to nothing, something in that area. And I can easily see that scenario happening. That's how bad the season has got. Um, I know we usually, I know we usually ask each other, uh, do you think Darnold will have over 200 or whatnot? I want to take a slightly different approach this week, and I'll go first because I'm kind of putting you on the spot. So I want to give you a couple of seconds to gather your thoughts. Think of a stat line for Sam Darnold this week. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna say that he completes something like 11 or 12 passes on about 22, 23 attempts. I think he finishes with about 130, uh, 135 yards, uh, so under 150 for sure, but I'll say 130. No touchdowns, two INTs, and I will say that he gets sacked six times, including one fumble. I'm not going to commit and say, I don't want to get too picky and say that he's going to lose the fumble or not, but my final stats for Sam Darnold this week, 11 completions on 20-plus attempts, 130, 133 yards, two interceptions, and he will get sacked six times, at least one of which will result in a fumble. I don't know, man. I think you're being generous on the yards, but uh, I, the rest of it I kind of agree with. Now, that was your that is your prediction for Sam Donald. That's not saying how bad it could be if things go wrong, right? Exactly. This is just literally how I see it happening this week. Not best case, not worst case. This is just what uh, Vort is predicting for this week for Donald. We have not seen Sam Donald have that, oh my God, I can't believe he's even in the NFL game. We've seen some games where we're like, I can't believe he hasn't regressed. I can't believe the Jets are starting him. I can't believe how bad they've ruined him. We have not seen that game this year where we're like, oh, what the hell is he even doing in the league? You know, and, unless, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember a game like that. He's, he's generally, oh, the, well, the Patriots was last year. What was the game this year? Um, I'm not sure there was one. So I, I think this could be the game. They're not going to see a better defense the rest of the way. I mean, the Browns don't have this kind of pass rush and a shutdown corner. The Patriots are beatable, you know. So I think my my like if everything goes wrong, worst case thing is going to be what I'm going to predict for him. Just again, going by that, hey, we're do thing. Donald might end up with like, you know, pulled in the third quarter or something. And that's generous because, you know, you know, they won't pull Donald. But, you know, he, he might end up like nine completions for 24, nine, nine completions out of 24 attempts with, you know, three interceptions with a pick six, a couple of fumbles and, and 76 yards or something. One of those really, really holy shit games. And I don't remember other than the Patriots game, the ghost game last year. I don't know if we've seen that from Donald this year. I don't think we have. So I'm going to go with that. I think Donald has his worst game of the year 
and and it makes sense going against this defense because you know wow. this is the time if Dar- if Darnold is, is going to have that game this year and it just feels like he's got it right I mean he's done everything else then this is going to be the game so this is it that's what I'm going for that's literally a stat line of a fifth round draft pick forced into starting on the opening day in the NFL that's um I can't put it any other way while you say what you're going to say I'm going to go look up his stat line from the ghost game I want to see what his that that was that was brutal so go ahead no I was just uh, I was saying that the how the mighty have fallen we're only usually we go for about an hour we discuss back and forth but this team is just it's 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 a low of all lows. There's absolutely nowhere to go. They're eight feet under. They've been buried by a mudslide, by an avalanche, and a pile of shit. I literally have nothing else to discuss this week. I'm, I'm not. I don't expect any breakout performances from anybody on the offense. I expect the same ho hum handoffs to Frank Gore, who's going to show everybody once again that he's tough, but he has absolutely zero burst and explosiveness. Uh, the idea of him eating up chunks of yards is not six or seven. It's two, maybe three if you're lucky. So there's just, uh, I wish there was more to dissect. I wish there was more for us to look forward to, even in a, even in a lost season, even in a game that we both expect will not be close. I wish there was something that we could look forward to grasp for positives, but I don't see it this week. And uh, by all accounts, if the team hasn't quit on their coach, if the team has any pride left after the beating we took last week, they'll show up some way, somehow. They'll find a way. And by show up, I mean make a play, whether it's an INT, like a pick six, like you said, a special teams play, a touchdown here, a touchdown there, something. Make a play. But uh, not this season. This team is just, they're going to lay down. They're going to they're gonna follow their coach's lead. If things go bad, they're going to curl up by the side of the road and they're going to peacefully wait for their moment to come and die in peace. You ready for Donald's stat line against New England? It's even worse than the one I just gave you. These more yards, but 11 for 32, 86 yards and four interceptions. I did 11 for 32 before that's a 30 that's just over a 33 percent completion percentage i did not recall it to be that if you asked me to say uh Vort, give me the worst you can possibly uh, predict just remembering it without actually remembering it i would have said he probably completed uh, i would have said 10 out of 25 passes not and i would have said he just clawed a little bit over 100 yards maybe 115 and three picks which you just told me just literally my eyes opened up like saucers that is just horrendous i think it could be another game like that he's this defense is better than the patriots defense was you know at least at least maybe it was the patriots defense was really good last year so maybe it's not as good as it, as the patriots defense was but when you talk about matchups and the Jets being what they are and Don- and Darnold being so rattled, then this is probably a worse matchup for him coming at, at a terrible time. Compa- you know, look at what's happened the past few weeks. It's just... Uh, I, I, so what, what did I say? I said 9 for 25 with 74 yards and and, four, and three interceptions, right? Yep. And I think, one of, I think one of them will be a pick six, and I think he fumbles at least once. I would not be f- surprised if he gets fumbled if he fumbled, you know, two or three times, got one of them back. All right, over or under on how many sacks? I'm going six. I'm going the that he gets. I was originally going to go seven, but I don't know. Something in my mind just jumped to magic number six, and I'm going to go with that one. Uh, six sacks, at least one of them, a strip sack resulting in a fumble. Oh, come on, I was going six. All right, I'm going to fuck it then. I'm going to I'm going to talk. If it's going to be a disaster, it's going to be a disaster. Uh, who who was it last week that got sacked like seven or eight times? It was like five by the same guy. I forget what game that was. I was watching it. So, um, damn it. 
Good lord, I didn't even know there was a... I think, oh man, I forget what game it was. It might have been the Sunday night game or maybe it was the four o'clock, the one o'clock game before the Jets, whatever it was. Somebody got sacked five, by, about eight times and five of them were the same player. Um, I'm going to go something like that. So if that's going to be the case, I am going to say the Jets get sacked eight times and Aaron Donald has four. Wow. Wow. What this is true. This is the first time. I I I know we're the dark siders. I know it's the fake spike podcast of the two dark siders, but this is just I'm literally sitting here and thinking our best case scenario doesn't involve this being a competitive game in any way, shape, or form. And that's our best case scenario. How the how this franchise has I don't I can't even use the the phrase how the mighty have fallen. We have never been mighty, but it's how the average have fallen is just it's disgusting it's sad it's heartbreaking but at least let's hope we keep we stay on course uh let's hope uh trevor lawrence doesn't leave us at the altar and uh this is all gonna get better starting next season well trevor you know i want to speak about him for a minute trevor lawrence actually was asked directly a direct question by dan patrick about joining the jets and he said i i welcome whatever challenge it is which i fucking loved hearing that i have to say i I hope so i hope that was not just kind of him speaking for the media i hope he really is looking forward to being the centerpiece of a rebuilding project for for the new york jets but uh all this week's prediction has done has made me more depressed than the state of the Jets. I got nothing else this week. If, if you got any anything you want to add, I'd love to hear it. But for me, I'm just going to settle in and get ready for another SmackDown. <laughs> Two quick things. One is uh, I don't give a rat's ass whether Trevor, Don- Trevor Donald, Jesus Christ, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence meant it or didn't mean it. As long as he's saying that and he's and he's got that much um, poise. Poise is a good word. He's got that much poise to be able to say something like that, and he's got that much competitive fire. Then I'm, I'm, he's, I'm all over it. I'm good. Um, and I forgot the second point I was going to make. Oh well, it doesn't. Oh no, th- I am not depressed about this at all. All this means is that we are that much closer to 0 and 16 and turning it around. Because if you remember in 2000 th- in 2004 when the Yankees were up three games to none and the Red Sox had to come back from 3-0 down and win and then they won the World Series. It took something like disastrous, completely drastic to turn their fortunes around. They hadn't won a World Series in 86 years. That's what the Jets need. This is that year. This is the year where all of our suffering becomes worth it because we start the ascending to to the top. And I mean, not the top, top, but the way up. We'll be on the way up. We will not be on the escalator down. We will be on an elevator or an escalator up after this. And I it can't come soon enough, but we need these three more losses. And I don't care. Quite frankly, I don't care how bad they are. I don't care because it'll be that much sweeter. All these years of suffering, when if I can't say when, if we finally win, it will make this year that much sweeter. It will make all the years that much sweeter. So bring on whatever freaking misery you want to bring on. I don't care anymore. I'm with you. You actually managed to dig up an analogy that uh, put a smile on my face for the first time in the 30 minutes we've been doing this podcast. That's a great analogy. You know what? Uh, the team the team that was cursed really needed some, just something almost like a little miracle to jolt them to the top. And uh, if this is our kick in the nuts and we have to live through it, roll around on the floor screaming in pain, but then get up and recover, let this be the beginning of the rebuild. I'm all with you. Let's get this 0-16 over with. And let's start our slow climb to the top. Well, after the Jets lose this game, I, I have a, a new article coming out. Uh, one of the topics that they gave out there and make people, you know, they, they give you a list of topics and you can choose the one you want. One of the topics was analyzing the Jets' chances of going 0 16, you know? And I was like, all right, well, 
the, the basic gist of it was there's three games left. Two, two they'll get killed because they're playing good teams looking for the playoffs. And then there's that last game. Uh, you, you can read the article when it comes out, but I, we will talk about this in the next one about my my fears and my thoughts about that week 17 game. It'll, it'll make for an interesting conversation. But regardless, man, you have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. And I do want to give you a shout out. Your writing is absolutely awesome. I genuinely enjoy reading it, not just because I'm supporting a friend. That's that's an added bonus. But I genuinely enjoy your breakdowns and your thoughts. So great job. Keep it up. And I can't wait to discuss more of them as they come out. Yeah, I, I think you will like this one. This one is um, it, it basically goes into Belichick and, and all of this. It's, it's, it's an interesting one, but it's something I would love to talk about. So we'll talk about it on the next one. And uh, that's it, man. Enjoy the game. And um, you know, hopefully we're both right. And it's 38 nothing, and we don't have to sit and sweat it out again. Another week of not sweating it out will be great. I'll take it. And I look forward to doing a recap on Sunday night. Be good, my brother. Take care. Bye.